0: If you would remain standing, we will read our morning, our evening scripture. It's taken from Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, starting at verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the garrisons, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the desert. When Jesus asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command, begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on a hillside, and they begged him to let them enter there. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it to the city and in the country. When the people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the garrisons asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So we got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that your word is infallible, that we can trust our life to it. I pray, Father, that today if we see anything in our life that doesn't line up with your word, we would be willing to change what we think and what we believe in order to be in line with your word. Give us that, that boldness, Lord, to trust you completely. We thank you for your goodness. And I know, Father, that I am not infallible. I am not even close. So I just ask that you would give the ears that hear discernment, that they might know the truth from something that's not perfect yet. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, You guys are all welcome here. I'm glad to see that we have some children with us. And as a parent and as a grandparent, I want to say to you, there's a difference. When I was a parent, if my kids were sitting next to me, I was very uncomfortable. Any sound that they made, I heard it. As a grandparent, every sound my grandkids hear, make... I love to hear it. I love to hear my grandchildren. Riding in a car, I must have been pretty much of an ogre because um, my kids tell their kids, don't put, your, don't put your feet on the back of Papa's chair. Be quiet. Don't talk while you're in the car. And it's like, I was that bad, and I was. I was. I was just that parent that didn't, and I don't know, as a grandparent, it's completely different even pushing in the back of my chair. It's like, yeah, I'm glad you're behind me, Asa. I'm glad you're behind me, Ezra." So be comfortable. And if somebody has a problem with hearing, then maybe they could volunteer for teaching (laughs) Sunday school. And I, I would like to say something about Sunday school. We have some very dedicated teachers To Teach Sunday School, very dedicated. And this church has made it very easy because church is so important that they don't want the teachers to always be absent from our midst. And so they try and rotate it so every three weeks you serve. And so you have two, two Sundays in and one Sunday out.
1: And we have really good material for our Sunday school kids. And Anna does a
0: great job in coordinating and leading that ministry. But I won't lie to you and say, anybody can do it, because not anybody can do it. You have to commit yourself to the Lord. And this is a high calling. It's not just, okay, well, you can't do this, but you can do this. Anybody can do this. That's not the truth. This takes real commitment to the Lord. To come out and serve in this way. And kids can ask you questions that adults might think to ask, but don't have the boldness to ask. So it keeps you on your toes. So um, anyway, this is an invitation. Talk to Anna. We need
1: some more Sunday school teachers. Okay. Um, I'm
0: not nervous talking to you. I'm not nervous being up here um, in this place. I know you. And even if I didn't know you, you're just people. But I am nervous in standing up here before God's word because I want to rightly handle it. And I know from my life as a Christian, I have mishandled God's word many times with earnestness, thinking
1: that I had the truth, and what was being said. And uh, so
0: if you, fear, if you hear some what looks like fear, that's what it is. It's not, I'm not afraid of you. I know you guys. You're, you're easy. Um, last week, Raymond started this series. And I'm going to continue on, not where he left off, I've got to jump back in even where he was in order for this to make sense. Um, Raymond did an excellent job in rightly handling God's word. Raymond is a man who spends much time in God's word and wanting his theology and doctrine to be correct and allows himself to be corrected when it's not. And we are, we are blessed in this church with a lot of young men with that same heart and that same attitude. And so I'm hoping to hear much more from you, Raymond. I believe you have a gift, and I hope to see it honed and developed even more. I was blessed. I didn't get to be in here to hear the message. I was outside cooking, uh, but I listened to it afterwards,
1: and, and it was a blessing. Jesus starts this out in Luke 22. One day, he got
0: into the boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And, and Raymond brought out how God is sovereign, and the sovereign God was with them in that boat. And he brought up some... some uh, things like he was sharing where he was traveling in Brazil, and the turbulence was the worst he's ever been in. And he found that if he looked at the stewardess and stewards and saw that they weren't nervous, they fly a lot. And so they know it gets way worse than this. So I can relax because they know the conditions and the plane always lands safely. We have even more than that. And the disciples had Jesus with them in the boat. Yet we read, um, Jesus, I want to go back just a minute. Jesus did not tell the disciples, we are going to the other side of the lake. And on our way, the boat is going to fill with water. So much so that you seasoned fishermen are think going to think that you're perishing. And I'm going to be asleep. He doesn't tell them that. He doesn't tell them, the reason we are going to the other side is because they are unclean people. We're going to an unclean man who lives among the tombs, who has an unclean legion of demons living in him. He didn't give him any of that information. He just said, let's get in the boat and go. And I find that Jesus has done that in my walk with him quite a bit. I don't have all the details when I get in the boat. I just know that I've been invited to go in the boat with Jesus. And their response when the storm is heating up, um,
1: Mark 5 says it a little bit um, more clearly. Excuse me, Mark 4. And a great storm
0: arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And, the, and they awoke him and said to him,
1: Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Um, I have had those kind of conversations with the Lord, with things that have happened in my life. And Jesus's response to them and to me, sorry, And he awoke, and he rebuked the sea. Peace,
0: be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And he said to them, why are you so so afraid? Have you still no faith? Um, I started out this by saying I'm not infallible. My theology when I was a young Christian, I believed that this rebuke to the disciples was because Jesus was a man just like they were a man. He left his authority when he came to earth. I believe that. And so everything that Jesus did, you and I should be able to do the same things because we are men and God is God. And so if we have faith, then we can move mountains. If we have faith,
1: we could say to the storm, Be still. That was a false teaching that I believe.
0: Jesus is fully man, and Jesus is fully God. And this this right here that we're seeing, this is an example of Jesus being fully God. No other place do I see in Scripture where the storm was calmed. So Jesus isn't rebuking them about not having faith that they could calm the storm. But the rebuke is that they thought that God does not care. And that's something that I have experienced in my life, that a situation could be happening, and I believe the lie from the enemy that says, God doesn't care, or say, don't you care, God? Don't you see what's happening in my life? Um, An example of that is my mother-in-law who just passed away not too long ago. She had five children. She lost three of those children before she died. That's a pain that I can't, couldn't imagine going through, losing one of my children or grandchildren. And yet, the love of God was sufficient for her. The joy of the Lord was more than the grief from the world. And we have that. We have that in Hebrews 11, uh, 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is the faith that Jesus is talking about, that God is good and his desire for us is good. It doesn't mean we're only going to experience good things. Most of you have been Christians long enough to know that that's not the truth of Scripture. Or if you still think that that is the truth of Scripture, you're pretty frustrated that it's not the
1: truth in your life. Um, So we see how they responded to Jesus. How do we respond? Do
0: we question if the Lord cares? Do we quit and get out of the boat? Or do we stay and see Jesus calm the storm and marvel at who Jesus is?
1: That's the sad part. When we get out of the boat, we don't get to see
0: who Jesus really is. That he has the power to calm the storm. Whatever the storm is in your life, he has that power. And he has that love for you. And it is sufficient. In uh, John 16, 3, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world.
1: Jesus, is prom- Jesus promises that. And in, as we go
0: on here, we'll see the demon's response is... When they saw Jesus, they cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, "What have you to do with me? Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me." For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him.
1: Um, you know, actually, I wanted to read this in in, uh, in Mark. 5. And when he saw Jesus
0: from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out in a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, son? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I adjure you
1: by God not to torment me. Now, this confession that is being made right here. Um, What
0: do you have to do with me, Son of the Most High God? For you and I to make that statement, it's a statement of faith. For demons in the spirit world, there's no faith involved. This is a reality. This is who Jesus is before the foundation of the world. He has always been the Son of God. He didn't become the Son of God when he became, when he was born incarnate in this world. He has always been the Son of God, and demons know it. It's not a matter of faith. For you and I, it is a matter of faith, and for you and I, it only comes to us by God's grace that we can believe it, that we can confess it, and
1: that we can live our lives that way. Where he was saying to him, come out, and Jesus asked him, what is your name?
0: He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So, they, so he gave permission. Once again, showing God's sovereignty, he gave them permission to do what they asked. And the unclean spirits came out of the pigs, numbering about 2,000, and out. In this, the steep bank into the sea.
1: Um, I wanted to read this above here. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately
0: he met him. <coughs> there met him out of the tombs a man with unclean spirits. This is in two, now we're in three. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces no one had the strength to subdue him night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones in reading this it made me think of one of my classmates i can't remember what his real name is we called him animal and this was my special ed class made up of kids from seniors down to I think I was the youngest in the 8th grade at the time. And this guy would take razor blades and cut his arm. Um, teacher took the razor blades away, sent them to the health nurse, came back, took staples, anything he could do to harm
1: himself. And the name Animal fit him. When you looked at him, you could see that
0: he was tormented. And a few days after this incident of him cutting himself, he climbed up onto the roof of our school, which is a two-story building, cement building, and he jumped off onto the ground. And that day, they took Animal away from school in a straitjacket. And that was the last time I saw Animal. That's not the end of the story. My brother-in-law Butch Pereira, um, he was at Honolulu Airport, so that lets you know it was some time ago because it was Honolulu Airport. And he sees this guy that kind of looks familiar, but doesn't really—I mean, can't place him. And he comes up to Butch and goes, "Butch, I gave my life to
1: Jesus, and He set me free. I'm animal." Jesus set him free. He knew
0: who had set him free. It was Jesus. And my brother-in-law said, "Craig, you wouldn't even recognize him." Like he said, I, I could, you know, something about him made me think, "I know this guy, but I don't know this guy." Animal was set free, just like this demonic was set free. I don't know if it was demons or what it was in this guy. Obviously, he wasn't in his right mind. And this is before we all got into drugs very heavily,
1: so it wasn't drug-induced, him doing all this crazy stuff. I already said, not about faith for the demons. Uh, Jesus,
0: did I say this? I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace.
1: I said that. Thank you, Cody. Okay, let's talk about the herdsmen. So
0: the herdsmen, they see all this stuff happening, right? There goes the pigs. There's the dem- demonic. He's no longer foamy. He's no longer uncontrollable. And they go not just to the the city to make it known, they go to the country also. And so all the people from that surrounding area come down to see what had happened. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. I've heard this taught several times as I am old and I go to church every Sunday. So I've heard this taught many times. And every time I've heard this taught, it was taught that these people sent Jesus away because they valued pigs more than humans. And I believe that. I just believe that. And in doing this study, it really convicted me how lazy I am when I'm hearing God's word preached. And I just listen sometimes and go along with whatever's being said. And even looking into this, um, looking at what some other people have said, they would make that same statement. And yet, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it doesn't say that anywhere, that they said to leave because of the pigs. The pigs are barely even mentioned when the people come. It says they are afraid. And it's the same thing when unsaved people are presented
1: with the gospel. John 3, 19, it says, and this is the judgment. Light has come
0: into the world, but people love their darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. I believe that's why they told Jesus to leave. They were afraid. Here, this man that nobody can control, shackles, shackles, And chains couldn't hold this guy. In Matthew, it says that
1: it was unsafe to go where he lived among the tombs. That could be a scary thing. It's something that we can't control. Jesus can. He can come and say,
0: be gone. Or just say, Yes, okay, go. There wasn't a battle. There wasn't a battle between Satan and these demons and Jesus. They knew. The battle's already been done. Jesus is who he says he is.
1: And the demon world knows that. So they they made the suggestion, let us go into the pigs. in uh, the end of the story
0: in the end of the story
1: the man who had been set free from the demons he wanted to go with Jesus the
0: man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him but J- Jesus said to him Jesus sent Him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away and proclaimed throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. You and I, we each have a testimony. Our theology may not be refined yet. My theology is still being refined today. And like I shared, I had some bad theology. At different times in my Christian walk, I've said some things that, man, like God, don't judge me for that. I was,
1: I was very ignorant. Um, but we have a testimony,
0: and your testimony be might be wild. Margie's testimony, pfft, man, she was wild. You wouldn't believe how how bad. She, I mean, she was. It was really, really bad. I didn't know those things when I married her. Okay, I did. Um, My testimony, I've said a lot of it to you guys. Some of it was a little cleaned up. And... I've had, I had a guy come up to me one day after I gave my testimony and go, man, I wish I had a wild testimony. If I, I'd be out there preaching, I'd be telling people how God changed me from this to this. And I said, you have the most powerful testimony there is. You grew up in a Christian home and you came under conviction that you were a sinner and you gave your life to Jesus at a young age. What, how much more powerful of a testimony is that? Each of us have a testimony. And yes, it's important for us to get our theology right. We're fortunate we have guys like Leo and a lot of young men around us that spend a lot of time figuring theology out. And they bring us God's word, and we're being educated, and we're learning. But don't wait for that to happen, for you to start doing the work of sharing who Jesus Christ is. The work that Jesus Christ has done in your heart is valuable. And there's a dying world out there that doesn't know
1: that Jesus. They need to hear. So let's pray. Father, I just ask that you would
0: take whatever I've said here that, that is confusing and doesn't make sense and clarify it or just let it drop to the ground. But, Lord, anything that was from you and from your word and clearly stated, I just ask that it would bring forth fruit. Father, I ask that you would help us to be on mission, that you would help us to spread the gospel, the good news of what you have done in our lives. We want to be faithful to you. We want to
1: be faithful to your word. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.